Today on Locked On, Anaheim Ducks. The American Hockey League is planning to come back next year, hopefully, and some other odds and ends on today's Locked On, Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network or Tlopin. Yeah, we're still here. We're still doing three podcasts a week, and we are on day almost 100 of this quarantine. It's been 100 days now. My God. Anyway, welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, presented by rockauto.com. I'm your humble host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. It has been a long time since I have heard this song, by the way. It has been a very long time. Thursdays were held for minor leagues. It was Locked On Goals. And since we're leading off with the American Hockey League returning to play, possibly, I just want to point out that I like talking about the American Hockey League because that's the league that I work for primarily. I've been working on the AHL for a number of years now, and it's been a blast. It's been a blast um, covering the SoCal teams here, getting to see the goals play, getting to see the rain play, getting to see the Condors play. We're going to see a Palm Springs team pretty soon in Vegas, or sorry, Henderson, the Silver Knights. They're going to be a team now. So it's been it's been fun watching them. And I know several fans were very saddened to hear that the American Hockey League had to cancel their postseason. And we'll talk about right now after I tell you that you can hear this podcast or any other podcast via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you hear your radio or your podcast app type stuff. I'm starting to sound like Ross from Friends. Also, you can make you can follow us at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at SimbyJD, both on Twitter. And also make sure to rate, comment, subscribe. So just announced earlier this week, actually a couple days ago, uh, the American Hockey League Return to Play Task Force has been established. And here's what it says directly from the AHL. Quote, The members of the Return to Play Task Force have exhibited a strong commitment to the AHL and are experienced and respected NHL general managers, AHL team presidents, and ownership representatives. The group will be chaired by outgoing AHL president and chief executive officer David Andrews. End quote. Dave Andrews is a terrific guy, one of the stand-up people in all of sports. Uh, more from the site. Quote, the Return to Play Task Force will not have any operational or management responsibility for executing the AHL's return to play, but rather will provide strategic leadership to the league in developing or identifying opportunities for a return to play process that can gain widespread support in both the AHL and the National Hockey League, end quote. So I'm looking at the list of players that are on there, and I really like this list a lot. So here's the list. Obviously, you have David Andrews, the current president of the AHL. He's going to be the chairman of the Return to Play Task Force. And the team he put together, fabulous. Mark Chipman, Chairman and Governor of the Winnipeg Jets. Kyle Duba, GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ken Holland, GM and President of Hockey Ops of the Edmonton Oilers. David Poyle, Gen- GM and President of Hockey Ops of the Nashville Predators. Don Sweeney, GM of the Bruins. Stevie Y, Steve Iserman, Executive Vice President and GM of the Red Wings. Jeff Barrett, the CEO of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Tara Black, Chief Operating Officer of the Charlotte Checkers. Jim Brooks, co-owner of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. 
Todd Fredrickson, president of the Wild, of the Iowa Wild, that is, not the Minnesota Wild, the Iowa Wild, Mike Ostrowski, president and COO of the Cleveland Monsters, and Matt Savant, president business operations of the San Diego Goals. That is an all-star team to return to hockey for the AHL if there ever was one. I like all of those guys. Uh, first off, Chipman, you know, bringing the Jets back to Winnipeg. He is one of those guys that should be on that list. Oversees the Manitoba Moose as well. Kyle Duba, who is the GM of the Leafs, they've done a fantastic job. He's done a very terrific job with the Leafs in general. Ken Holland with the Oilers also have done a superb job as of recent, building the Oilers up to the team they are now. Don Sweeney, the GM of the Bruins. I like that one a lot. Steve Eiserman. Now, I know people have given Stevie Y crap because the Red Wings are terrible right now, but the job that he's done overall as a whole with the Red Wings since his retirement has been pretty good. He's got a good track record, and I'm excited to see the work he does with the play task force or the return to play task force. The Iowa Wilds are a great team and have garnered a lot of attention in the American Hockey League this year, both in office and on the ice. He's done a terrific job with the Iowa Wild. And then you get to Matt Savant, president of the San Diego Goals. The San Diego Goals are one of the premier teams in the American Hockey League. I'm a little stunned that there's no one from the Hershey Bears representing this, but to have Matt Savant on that list with the San Diego Goals tells me that they're really trying to get people that know how to bring those crowds, know how to bring hockey back. He's done a terrific job bringing the goals into prominence as to where they are. The goals are one of the top three teams in attendance year after year. They have great teams on the ice. They do a great job off the ice with some of their charity work, with some of their hospital visits, and the promotions. As a whole, the goals are one of the top teams in the American Hockey League. It doesn't matter if you're anywhere else in SoCal. If you're the Condors, you look up to the goals and see the job they're doing. Even the rain a little bit. I mean, the rain have made some questionable moves as of recent. Some very questionable moves as of recent. And they're starting to kind of look up a little bit at the San Diego goals. I mean, look at the end of the season. San Diego had the standings lead. They were going to be in the playoffs instead of Ontario, it was looking like. So now Ontario is kind of looking up a little bit. Yeah, let that sink in. Of course, the goals are lucky to have that huge arena in San Diego. But overall, this is a fantastic play on all sides. And this this is definitely a Dave Andrews type team. This is definitely a team that he put together. It has Dave Andrews written all over it. And it absolutely should have Dave Andrews written all over it. Think about the job that he's done in the last 25 plus years as president of the American Hockey League. It's hard to compare Gary Bettman to Andrews. Bettman is more of a businessman. Dave Andrews actually played hockey for a while. He was a player. He knows hard work. He knows how to get things done. There is just a different mentality with Dave Andrews. Not only that, but he is very personable to everybody around him. And he will thank everybody that works in the American Hockey League, up from the players to the owners to the executives, right down to the writers, the officials, 
even the concession workers, he appreciates the job that everyone does. And for Dave Andrews to go out the way he did, you know, this was his last season, and to not be able to finish the season kind of sucks. But for him to still be involved with the AHL, I think is fantastic. Here's what Steve Eisenman had to say to the media last month. Quote, That's certainly a possibility that the AHL won't play. I wouldn't say that's definitive yet. We'll figure out what we do at that point with prospects if they didn't play. I think it's premature to say they're not going to play right now, but it is a possibility and then we have to figure out as a league where do all our prospects go. And then Red Wings coach Jeff Blaschel, he coached the Grand Rapids Griffins for a while. Here's what he had to say, quote, If the AHL teams couldn't play, that has an impact on everybody. We're all fan-driven leagues. Attendance matters in hockey. The AHL is 100% fan-driven, but but the same thing is true in the NHL. Ultimately, we'll need attendance to continue to thrive. It might look a little bit different, but ultimately at some point, the AHL is going to play. Every team's prospects will have the same opportunity, but it's a critical part of a young guy's development. End quote. So it is something to keep in mind. The American Hockey League primarily relies on attendance. It always has because they don't have the TV revenue that the National Hockey League does. The American Hockey League does have some games on TV. Of course, the San Diego Goals, they have their deal with Fox 5 to have 10 regular season games each season. And on occasion, they'll show playoff games on Fox 5. But other areas, they have TV deals as well. Uh, The Cleveland Monsters, they have Sports Time Ohio, STO. I think the Chicago Wolves, they have an independent channel. I want to say one of the CW channels with the Chicago Wolves. The Marlies have the Maple Leafs Network, and they occasionally have one of their Canadian networks cover games. So you see sprinklings of hockey being played at different areas. That's fine. But it is not a nationwide thing. So they're not going to get the same TV revenue that other teams or other leagues have. But that's that's the residue of being a minor league. So the AHL needs to figure out some way to have some kind of attendance in their games. And that's something that they're going to try to figure out. And with this new return to play task force, I think they could do it. I think they could figure out a way. But that will be a long time soon. We're going to head into the first intermission. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about rockauto.com where they are family owned and you could try to find any car part and they will have it right there. Whether it is Toyota, Ford, Chevy, maybe you want to soup up your car to race in NASCAR this weekend. Maybe you want to see them racing at Talladega, although be careful if you're racing Talladega. Maybe you want a classic car to be revived. Maybe you drive an old Packard. Maybe you drive an old Chevy Impala. I love Impalas, by the way. So if you want to look for any car part and don't want to pay those exorbitant prices, then go to rockauto.com where they have their prices low and you cut out the middleman by having the parts come directly to you. Once again, that is rockauto.com and in the where did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com.
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or as my buddy DC Lundberg would say, Tlopin. Yeah, that's a trademark. I, I listen to the Locked On Angels, and they use the hashtag Tlopin, so I'm going to use that too. T-L-O-P-N. There you go. There's your shout out, DC, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are. So, Uh, I was going to talk about the Sabres yesterday when this news barely came out, but I figured I would talk about that for Thursday's show. So the Buffalo Sabres made some changes on Tuesday where they fired not one, not two, not three, not four. This is going forever. They appeared apparently 22 people in their offices. Yes. Uh, this tweet coming from Frank Saravelli, final headcount and Sabres Tuesday house cleaning appears to be 22. It's a bloodletting that may be unprecedented in NHL history, certainly in one day by one franchise. Oh boy, end quote. This is bad. This is really, really bad. Okay, so the scouting staff of 21 has been reduced to seven. The Buffalo Sabres are a team that is struggling to say the least. They've missed the playoffs in nine consecutive seasons. That is the longest playoff drought in the National Hockey League currently. That's how bad it is. And I'm just going to give the full list of firings just to give you a scope of everyone that is gone. General Manager Jason Botterill. Assistant GM Randy Sexton. Assistant GM Steve Greeley. Director of Amateur Scouting Ryan Jankowski. Assistant Director of Amateur Scouting Jeff Crisp. And these are all amateur scouts that were given the boot. Corey Benica, Steve Cogger, Mark Ferner, Marcus Fingal, Scott Halpenny, Randy Hanch, Tom O'Connor, Ron Payette, Matt Teasling, and Magnus Whelan. All those scouts were fired. Then we have pro scout John Van Boxmere, Chris Barch, player development coach, Mike Kamisarek, player development coach. Then you have Dennis Miller, the rehab and development coach from the performance department. And not only that, they fired three guys from the Amherst. Yeah, the Rochester Americans let go the following. Head coach Chris Taylor. Oh my gosh. Chris Taylor got fired? Really? Man. And then the Rochester Americans assistant coaches, Gord Deneen and Toby Peterson. Yeah, that is all 22 people. Uh, Going back to the American Hockey League, firing Chris Taylor, I mean, that's kind of a dick move right there. Because I thought Chris Taylor didn't do a bad job with the Amherst, all things considered. I mean, they had their ups and downs, but they weren't a bad team. They really weren't. I mean, the Americans, they were doing really well in the standings. They were second in the North Division with 75 points. They were fourth in the conference. They had one of the best defenses in the entire American Hockey League. That move baffles me a lot. I mean, I could understand the firing of, I'm going to stay local here. I could understand, kind of, the firing of Mike Stuthers, although I don't agree with that move either. I think the Kings made a terrible move firing Stutz in that respect. Even though the rain weren't that great in the standings, they didn't quite have the talent level that other AHL teams have. The Amherst had some pretty good talent, but the coaching staff behind them, I thought, brought them to a great level, and they would have competed for a Calder Cup. I believe that they would have at least made the conference finals. 
maybe the Calder Cup final, but they would have had to get past Providence or Hershey. That would have been a tall order. But to get rid of the entire staff when they're doing that well and have one of the best defenses in the whole league and you fire them? What are you doing, Buffalo? I mean, this whole franchise is just completely out of sorts. I mean, I don't know what else to make of that. But not not the best move, in my opinion. And going back even further, he'd been a part of the Rochester Americans for a number of years. In fact, he was with the Sabres organization as a player for a number of years. He played 149 games in the National Hockey League. And then he also played a ton of games with the Rochester Americans back in the early part of this century. So he's got a lot of pedigree with Rochester. When he was named the coach, they made the playoffs all three of his seasons. They made the playoffs two years ago, lost in round one in a heartbreaker, lost last year in round one. They had improved this year. They improved to the point that they looked like they were going to make a deep, deep run. And then to see him get axed like that, I don't like that move at all. And then, of course, you have assistant coach Rochester American, who is the brother of current San Diego Gulls head coach Kevin Deneen. So this all ties back to the American Hockey League at some point. But, oh man, this, this is bad. This is a bad look for the Buffalo Sabres, where they're just completely cleaning house. It's a bad look for the organization as a whole. It's a bad look for whoever's left with the Buffalo Sabres. I don't know what direction they're going personally. Yes, they're missing the playoffs again this season. Yes, they are in line to have a draft pick along with six other teams, or rather five other teams, in next weekend's draft lottery. Yes, the Buffalo Sabres are losing a lot of money thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. This 50th season was supposed to be big for the Buffalo Sabres, and they fumbled it in several colossal ways. So the Sabres, on paper, should be a better team than they are, for the most part. It's disappointing just to see the direction that they're going. But more so, it's really sad to see the direction they're going as far as their minor league system because they had a good thing going. The Rochester Americans had a very good thing with their fan base, with their coaching staff, with their team as a whole. The Buffalo Sabres had some great up-and-coming talent that were moving up the ranks, and it showed in the Amherst play this year. So much about this is just simply baffling. I don't know what more to make of it. We're going to head into the second intermission, but before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. That is right. The great sponsor for the Locked On Podcast Network is back with a 50% off sale on all their Built Bars. Not only that, but you can get up to 66% off of their Built Boost Drink Enhancer. And not only that, but 100%. Yes, you heard that right. 100% of their profits are going to go towards great initiatives. They're going to go towards initiatives and organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and ending hate and racism. You can learn all about that at BuiltBar.com, where... The sales of their 8 million bars will go towards this change. So once again, check that out at BuiltBar.com, where once again, you can get up to 50% off of everything. Go to BuiltBar.com. We'll be back with more Locked On Anaheim Ducks after the second intermission. Stay locked in. 
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which has turned kind of into a talk about the American Hockey League, which is why we had that awesome music at the beginning. It's been so long since I've even heard anything remotely related to the San Diego Goals. But we're going to talk about them for one more segment. Why is that? Because the American Hockey League handed out some awards. This was announced early this morning on Thursday. For the AHL, they had their Team Business Spring Series, and they handed out quite a few uh, Team Business Awards. So here are a couple of them. Allie Brown, the Senior Director of Marketing and Creative Services for the Iowa Wild, was selected as the winner of the league's Ken McKenzie Award, which was first presented in 1978. The award recognizes the important role played by team management in building a successful franchise and is presented annually to an NH to an AHL rather team executive who most successfully promotes his or her own club. So once again, congratulations to Allie Brown. Other awards that were handed out included the Springfield Thunderbirds winning the Ticket Sales Department of the Year Award. All right. The Cleveland Monsters, they won the Corporate Sales Department of the Year Award. The Syracuse Crunch won the Social Media Department of the Year. And by the way, they are a great social media department despite being, I mean, I don't want to call them rivals at all because same league, but the Syracuse Crunch do a fantastic job with their social media in several ways. So definitely check them out. The Iowa Wild won the most unique game ops promotion for their Stranger Things night. The Manitoba Moose won most unique community relations initiative for their Follow Your Dreams game in conjunction with with the Winnipeg Aboriginal Sport Achievement Center. The Colorado Eagles, they won most unique social media promotion for their use of tag board. The Laval Rocket won outstanding marketing campaign for their Witness the Future program. The Bakersfield Condors won most unique sponsorship package or entitlement for their Colonel's Caravan program. And finally, the San Diego Goals. Yeah, their picture was posted right on front on the AHL website. The San Diego Goals won most unique ticket sales promotion or theme night for their spectacular 80s night. If you guys recall, I talked about that in earnest earlier in the season where the San Diego Goals pretty much did everything right with their 80s night. The DeLorean, the music playing all through the night, the uniforms. Oh man, those uniforms are some of the best theme uniforms in the league. The giveaway where they gave out... 9,000 fanny packs. actually gave a few of them away uh, to some fellow fans. So, yeah, it, it was by far the best promotion in pretty much the entire AHL. I was very happy to go there for that night. It was as good as I made it out to be and then some. So if you guys want to check out that podcast, I'll post a link to that. Uh, once again, posting a link to that prior podcast where I talk about 80s night at Pechanga Arena. So I'll post a link to that. Definitely check it out. And also, I know there's a couple podcasts where Sarah Avampado and I also talk about 80s Night. And you know what? I'll throw a link to that too, where we each talk about 80s Night. And Sarah also got a piece of that 80s Night because she's also the owner of an 80s Night fanny pack, which I was very glad to give to her. So once again, congratulations to the San Diego Goals for pulling off the perfect 80s night theme 
It was absolutely fantastic. And honestly, I hope they do it again. <laughs> I hope the goals do it again. Maybe next season, maybe the following season. But if any team can do it, it'll be the goals. And with that, it's a great place to wrap up today's podcast. Don't forget, you can hear this or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you hear your fantastic podcasts. And don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. We have one more show this week that will be coming tomorrow. So definitely be on the lookout for that. You can follow the show at LO underscore Ducks on Twitter or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Thank you all once again for listening. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Practice social distancing. Be sure to wear your masks and stay safe, San Diego.